figure out what kind of train wreck this is going to be. It's like a stack of baby bell cheeses. Three. Holy shit. Oh, I broke the algorithm. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, starting professional. Starting professional. <laughs> uh, all of us are in a group, and yeah. we're here to talk about nerd shit, so that can only mean one thing. What are we about to do? I don't know. We're about to get fucking Warhammered, is what so we're what about we're to do. do. Right. So uh, this is Warhammered. That's Big Jim. That's Beer Jim. I'm Jazz, and we have a special guest, our favorite leprechaun from the north. Hello. Uh, our good friend, uh, TJ, is with us today. Uh, who plays nothing, reads nothing, knows absolutely nothing about the gaming world. So we are bringing in, we are bringing him like a freshman at senior prom. Like it's just gonna again, just happy to be. <laughs> no, I just, I just thought Jim take a sip of the beer that I brought. It's gonna be a like, sour. Yeah, like, and he was like, oh fuck that, no, 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 no. Why do we do this? This is the worst thing ever. But... I can't hear Kibby. That's because he's not talking. He didn't... It's on. He didn't say anything. Okay, on the side of your cinder, there is a volume button. Try it now. How about Hello. Now? Yes. A little higher. How about okay. now? Okay. Holy shit. Right, you know what, Jim? Shut the fuck up. It's yeah, not your fault. So, uh, yes. we, we I feel like no matter what happens at miss- the end of the night, well, this is the producer's fault. fault. This is the first yeah. time we've gone for a four mic setup. So, yeah, and uh, we we put a, a approximately a solid thirty seconds into making sure that this setup was the way it was yeah, supposed it to be. So, generous thirty. Well, since you're gonna have some guests later on this summer, this is a good test fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out. From yeah, file. As long as you don't serve no shit to anybody, we'll be fine. I got no problem being. All right, we're done. We're gonna. We're already talking shit about the beer. We're not talking shit about the beer because this might be like this is a great representation of this beer. Plus, it's your beer. I wish it wasn't your beer, so I could really tell you how I feel. Tell me exactly how you feel about it. No. Anyways, this is Warhammered, the podcast uh, where we give a. This is our last one. It's fucking more war and less hammered in a minute, but yeah. Where we give a. Wave top view, wave top view of uh, the gaming world. It's a lot of Warhammer shit, but we talked about some other stuff too. Yeah, we have fun, uh, and we also talk about uh, getting hammered. And, yeah. and so if you want to know where the name came from, this is how we do it. Because this is brought to you by the Second Pitch Beer Company woof, of San Antonio, woof. Texas, yeah. uh, and Battle Pub Games. Because we are doesn't have any intro. We are. We still have no intro. We still have no. Well, you really haven't started the beer corner. Yeah, because no, we haven't started just yet. Yeah, but still, yeah, you're not still there. not getting intro. Yeah, the show still doesn't have an intro, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> well, we have an intro, and it literally just says, "Well, let's see what kind of fucking <laughs> shit show this train wreck's gonna be." And then meet my awkward laughing coming yeah. in on the side. So uh, that's about as accurate as you're getting. But uh, you people keep showing up, so we're just gonna keep fucking giving Shockingly you whatever whatever this is. Uh, so yeah, we talk about games. Uh, we talk about drinks, and we talk about the hijinks that go on. So that's mm-hmm. where we came up with the games, drinks, and hijinks. And, uh, yeah, we're all fucking here. So uh, how's everybody been? Been a rough week for me. Yeah, You've been on a ride yeah, the last couple ride. days. Yeah, but man, uh, yeah. My wife is doing good, though. I'm gl- so glad to hear. We won't get into all the details, but... Yeah. No, no, uh, no, no, she was in the hospital for a little your bit. Your wife was was having a deal, yeah, and, uh, and being the tough bitch that she is, she's on the back end and uh, yeah, and doing great. So yeah, uh, we're super so happy. Is this to gonna hear be like it, a one off thing? Like did, it was just just a thing, or is it gonna? It's, be it's supposedly just a one off thing. Okay. Yeah, they figured it out, and they've been. She's on medication now, and everything, right. and so we're so we should be good. Like, our audience doesn't know her, but I I I've gotten to know her, and she's she's tough like woodpecker lips. Yeah, like it is. doesn't surprise me that she's she's on the back end of this thing oh, and doing great. great so. Yeah. 
yeah. but we're very very happy to hear that she's no, she's, yeah, she's doing, doing great. Well, yeah, so, but it's been, yeah, it's been a fucking week, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so, I called you on a Tuesday, being like, "This is fucking hard. Yeah, Everything's hard." <laughs> you called me on a Tuesday. I was like, "This week sucks." I'm like, "It's Tuesday." <laughs> yeah. like it's, well, it's all blended that's, that's a good way to segue. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things that are hard. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So, as as Big Jim put it, we we cover things on a wave top level, except for one subject, and it's the only subject we can promise you has any sort of accuracy. And that is Jim's Beer Corner. Yay. Bun, dun, dun, or whatever the and little so jingle that you did was. But wait. There you go. Yeah. What do we have this week? Uh, we have, it's called Palm Queen. It's a pomegranate sour. Ah. So it's a sour beer. And this is actually really, really, it's the first sour beer we've ever done. And if you are into sour beers, it's really good. If you don't like sour beers, Fuck, it's good. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's I mean, I can't uh, say shit. I willingly drink PBR. That's an awfully yeah. big can of sour beer of sour beer well i brought it for an awfully big so guy so i i bought <laughs> i actually so i'm ahead of the curve on this it came yeah. out literally as of this recording it came out yesterday yeah it came out yesterday yeah. um i went last night to your brew house yeah and bought two crowlers of this yeah um which i think is like a growler like it's yeah it's 64 ounces yeah so it's so, four pints um because it came out and we really wanted to try it. I actually love sour beers. Right. And this is something that that Jim actually said you'd never do. That you'd I, never do a sour. I, I always said I'd never do a sour. And the reason was because sour beers require you using not just Saccharomyces, which is the normal brewer strain of yeast, but you have to use other um, bacteria, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, Bretomyces, that are incredibly dangerous for a regular brew house. Those bacteria can thrive in a lot of weird areas mm -hmm. and can sour other beers that you don't want soured. So they'll automatically take down the pH of those. And so you would basically, there's been situations where people have, breweries have made beer, and then they start making a sour beer, they made one sour beer, and it infects their entire brewery. And then they're just like, well, guess we make sours now, guys. There's a there's a couple here like, in Texas. That's it. Yeah, there's a there's couple, there's a couple here in Texas that literally try to do the whole like our mash pits open and whatever the outside environment impacts and da 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 da, yeah. and it soured their original mash and now they're like everything we make is a sour. Yeah, because you can't get rid of it. So uh, you can't get rid of it. You, you can't steam it out or. No, it's uh, these these bacteria are incredibly. They hide in every nook and cranny and mm -hmm. they will uh, replicate incredibly quickly. It's like the Wuhan of beers. Yeah. Well, I what? mean, you could kill it with fire, but then you'd kind of be out of a job. Yeah, right. You can burn down the place. Like. So for somebody who doesn't like sours or yeah. it doesn't do – like, you can, you're taking your business life in your hands. Making no, I'm not. Not with this one. Okay. So. This – the normally when you make sours, that's what you have to do. You have to yeah. do all this kind of stuff. There has recently been a GMO version of Saccharomyces that produces lactic acid that they just made, and that's what we used. Okay. So it's a normal strain of yeast that is being able to lower the pH of the beer to make a sour beer without having the afraid being afraid of infecting your entire brew house. Oh, okay. Because Saccharomyces is fairly easy to kill. We use caustics and acids to do it, but it can be done, and that's what we're doing. So we don't have to worry about souring our entire brew house. Yeah. So that's kind of the explanation. Yeah. Right. Is it's it is a, a it, this is a pomegranate. It's kind of a fruit based beer, mm -hmm. but you're using a specific genetically engineered yeah. method of creating the sour mm -hmm. that doesn't have the risk factor. Of, the risk factors of a traditional sour of the other it. stuff. So this is one of those better living through science situations where he could do it without risking all the core line stuff and all of their stuff exactly. changing and everything. Yeah. Um, and because this can like be controlled. This is rough. And it's rough for people who don't like sours. Yeah. Now, I'm a... So, I like sour candy, so all I equate this to is, like, 
two or three month old Sour Patch Kids. And exactly. I'm, ha I'm happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get it into your brain that it's a sour, like Sour Patch Kid or something like yeah. that, then you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, yeah, I'm in. You know. But yeah, I could see for you, you're not a beer guy anyways. Yeah. So all of a yeah. sudden when you take these, these hard departures off of even traditional beer into like... Right. Fuck, this isn't even like beer. It's like this whole other thing. Yeah, it's this whole weird it's, thing. It, I could see how that the could be. The consistency is a lot different, too, it seems. Yeah, we use a lot more um, wheat in this, mm -hmm. um, so it's going to have a better mouthfeel to it. Yeah. Um, a little bit more chewy. But yeah, so then we used uh, pomegranate juice in here, and it has just a great, like... Are you happy with it? I'm very happy with it. Yeah. It's, it's tasting the way it's supposed to. Okay. So if you like sour beers, it's a good sour beer. Yeah. Now, this was also a kind of push of part of your staff. And that's why it was released yesterday. So yesterday yes. was International Women's Day. Yeah. And we do most of our, uh, it kind of worked out with our brewery. We are more, we employ more women than we do men at our brewery. And it's kind of worked out that way. It wasn't like a conscious decision for us. And so we were able to do, we call it the Woos beer, the women of second pitch. They come together and they brew a beer that they want to make. So this is the one that they want to make. So we were like, good for you. Do it. Yeah, they want Ooh. it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know why I'm looking at beer, Jimmy, because he just hates this thing. Like, I'm gonna look. Yeah, I'm it's it's at tough because I wish it was like just somebody else's beer that I could be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" No, but you can say that anyways. He'll take it yeah. and run it. Well, I, I mean, you, great, you gotta like this beer. I just uh, are there are there harsher ones? Yeah, this? yeah. There's hard, much more harsher ones than this one. This is like this is like a mild one. Yeah, yeah how do they come, like, how, I guess my question without going down to me, like, how do they decide that this was a way they were going to go? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it started way back when in um, Belgium. Belgium was the ones that yeah. did it. So there's uh, several breweries that, um, Cantillon in um, Belgium, um, Lindemann's, um, the uh, Duchess of Bourgeois is another one. Um, they're just sort of, that's what they've done for hundreds of years. They've done these sour beers. And you need to keep in mind that like sours are a thing that can be done via that way. You'll see them by other names too, that technically when you dig into, if you like something sour or more tart and stuff like that, mm -hmm. they still qualify as that. Like yeah. Gose's technically, quali technically qualify as Lambics. a sour beer. Lambics, all the stuff. They typically have a fruit that is involved with them. Mm -hmm. So you'll never like raspberry Lambics, uh, uh, peach lambics, like all Cherry's of these, very popular cherry, too. all that kind of stuff, and they're they're more sour beers. Um, it is part of the brewing process, mm -hmm. but you'll see them under other names. Not a lot of people will advertise them as they're just sours. Mm -hmm. You'll see those other names, lambic, gose, all that kind of stuff. They are technically all sours. Mm -hmm. They're on the they're on the range of um, it. But we did we did we just call this more of an American sour. But yeah, which is its so own kind of brand now. The the American more. sour is typically more on that. Um, Harsher pH. Sour yeah. candy, the hard pH. Like, it's it's truly a sour. Not something that just has that fruity berry sourness that you can get from a dark cherry or raspberry kind of... Oh, it's yeah. a little tart, but it's not sour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. American sours just lean into the... You're going to feel it in the back of the jaw kind of piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Very much like Warheads, uh, Sour Patch Kids, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... It, you're not wrong. I'm not going to lie. Everybody I've ever talked to about sours and stuff like that, they are either... Yeah, it's either you're pro or against. You're either for it or you're just like, nope, I nope, have no I fucking will. interest at all. Yeah. And I mean, it's got booze in it, so... Yep, there and then you have this guy. Yeah. Then you have that. Which yeah. is just like, I'm not get sorry, you drunk, right? motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, sours are definitely a no, it. love it or hate it, and yeah. there is nobody that's... I've never met anybody that's just like, meh, eh. Whatever. Yeah, they're either about it or they're not. Yeah. So um, you even saw it at his brew house last night because I went and there were guys, there were people that like they ordered the they ordered it they tried it and they drank like a third of it and were like 
Nope. Hey, can I get anything other than this? It, like, no, and it was I mean, just like we we know what it is, and we know that it is. It's like uh, that whole thing of like Vegemite or Marmite. Sure. You know, it's like you either love it or you hate it kind of thing, and it's the same thing. That All right. Sour so, beers. have you you've tried Moxie? Okay, I fucking love Moxie. You're it's allowed a, to be wrong. This shit is disgusting. Okay, it's 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 soda. It's okay. a soda, but it's 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 a main soda. It's really a New England soda. There's no. It's kind of like sarsaparilla. If you don't like it, yeah, it's you're not gonna like, hate it. Oh, and you can't mix it with booze. You can't yeah. do anything. You either love it or. Or that's you hate it. it. Yeah, you hate it. And, and it's the same love. thing with sour beers. And yeah. there's a lot of things in this world that are the yeah. exact same thing. And you know, if people were like, "I hate sour beers," it's like, yeah. that's okay. You can actually get it down here. Wait, really? Yeah, it's just, Specs has it. But I order it from. Who cares? But anyway, well, what's that weird? You and your like, shit water doesn't so need to be polluting my state. I know. What what is what is that weird liquor that's from like Chicago that is like super fucking weird? You're talking about Malort. Malort, yes. I yeah, and there's that. there's no reason to drink that ever. What really? Is no. But what does it taste like? Uh, okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on wool socks yeah. <laughs> and those boots. Yeah. Go to the gym and do a heavy lift session until you have a pool in the bottom of your boot. And then drink it. Drink it. Pour that into a one of those old Dixie cups they used to have next to water fountains that have the wax in yeah. them. Pour it into that. Until the pH of your shoe has eaten the wax off the inside of that cup. And then put that in a shot glass and shoot it while you think about the thing that you hate the most. <laughs> and that's roughly what Malort tastes what like. What is it, though? Like Trash. Tra- so I believe Malort, is a, it's a malt liquor, right? Because it's not a full-blown. Um, it's not I'm a full pretty blown sure it's actually filtered from the sweat. Of raccoon <laughs> assholes, so, like I think that's what it comes yeah. from. You, I've, heard of, this, of I've heard of this, right? yeah. this thing. Like, so imagine I'm, if Yukon Jack was made like after a soccer riot in Calcutta. Oh. It, yeah, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> this is like a Chicago thing. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a Great you, Lakes it, thing. Malort, well, I mean, when you're on the streets of Chirac, Malort, you gotta do something. Yeah. Malort tastes well, you like fired up and throw throw the burning balls. Malort them. tastes like it, the anger like Molotov, that you have for like being more from like Chicago. A, uh, like a napalm. <laughs> napalm, yeah. Because yeah. you could get it off, yeah. Next, next beer corner is going to be booze corner. I'm bringing Malort. It, yeah. So, oh, oh, now I'm in. I want to know. I want to try it. I've never, I've never had it. I've never had it either. Yeah. So I've heard this, though. You know, so you know, lucky. Yeah, you know right? when you burp and you throw up a little bit in the back of your mouth? No, but okay. That's the it's stuff. like that, but distilled. I feel like you're lying right yeah. now. Yeah. No, like I've done reflux. it, but it's not like, <laughs> like, it's not like my normal, yeah. normal right. burp session. Right, but you've session. had it happen. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, it's, right. So it's that, but you've distilled it and then added a little bit of self-hatred. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. That's yeah. more than a little of self-hatred. It's probably though. why they fucking all kill each other up there. I'm sorry. The, it makes you, it, the taste of Malort makes you understand Chicago violence. Okay. Like you get it. Like it tastes like, like I just had three shots of Malort. Right, I don't want to budge someone. It tastes like <laughs> it tastes like organized crime and inferiority. Like that's that's <laughs> that's where that liquor. Your nickname is, is the second Philly, city. Yeah. It's really awful. Oh, well, we're, yeah, we're definitely trying this. It's shit. really, really yeah, I'm fucking bring it bad. In next Maybe time. Uh, from what I understand, there's only time. one place in San Antonio that actually carries it. Where's that? Um, so that's where I, we're I going don't know. It was so morning. unimportant that I just I didn't log <laughs> so the information. Bunker somewhere, but yeah. we need to find we out. Need, I'm finding it. This is my goal for next week. Yeah, we're doing Malort. We're yeah. drinking Malort. Oh, oh so God, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, we're all gonna be so bad. That's awesome. Awful. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's a sour beer. Some people love it. Some people hate it. If you don't, I don't care. There you go. Yeah. So uh, there is Jim's beer corner. I'm not 
totally sure we explained that beer, but fuck it, yeah. there it is. Yeah, I need to uh, horn for when you do that. I want to. We need, yeah, we need like a jingle. We need, yeah, we need a jingle. I need, uh, I need to figure it out. He definitely needs like it. a thing. You need, yeah. an inch, and not off our phone. Like it needs to be official. Yeah, no, I, I, we have buttons. We can put yeah. it on a button, and you push the button. The button and no, we're just gonna give him an actual horn. We could actually put the button on on that little thing. And you yeah, I just do just like fucking jingle. Right, slide whistle. Slide whistle. Yeah, that's that's what you need. Uh, so Thank today, God I took those recorder classes in fucking yeah. middle school. Hot cross buns, baby. There it goes. What about my taxes? Shut up and play hot cross buns. Yeah, I mean, okay. So uh, today we're gonna do something a little different. So we have TJ on the show. TJ does not read, play anything. He has nothing to do with this nerd culture that this whole shoes, shoes, this whole show. Been hitting the malort. Is why he's upset about shoes. It's all about the Malort. He's taking I, shots of Malort, right. tracing with sour beer. I'm not gonna lie. I, pre, I pre-gamed a little bit before this Did show. You? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna have him on, and we're going to kind of prep it. And because there's some people that are watching the show that have nothing to do with this hobby or sure. the lore or anything, so we figure bringing a guest on that is as ignorant as some of our listeners makes sense. Let them ask some questions, and then we will give a hammered answer I'm, I'm in. Yeah. to those questions. That way, we can make it as clear as mud for everybody what this is all about. Yeah. We can also just really show off our ignorance of... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so who is this guy? We have no idea. We have no fucking idea. We have no idea. Yeah, we I think he did. Yeah, but let's, I think let's he be real did, about did. it. And I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his fucking name. Who this will, guy is. As, as I say, I will pull on to every bit of my straight white male confidence. So he makes you seem like you believe what I'm saying. There you go. You mean, <laughs> you mean privilege. Yeah, privilege. Yeah, exactly. Where I just sit there and just be like, this is what it is. Like, apparently it is. Apparently it is. So uh, we've talked about it on the show. Do you listen to the show? I do. At all. Okay. Well, How much the, of it are you the, confused about? Like cheating. All yeah. of it. Okay. okay. <laughs> what is the number one thing we talk about that you are currently like, well, you keep saying this and I don't know what this means? Well, so my favorite thing about the whole, this whole universe that you guys are in is it is, from what I gather, is centered around death, destruction, filth, and greed. Absolutely. And I'm all about it. That's that. Yeah. Yes. No, yes. I love okay. it. Yep. Yep. Incredibly, I it. So I far, it. you're 100% Honestly, on the greed track. part is so far below, they would rather do the rest of the stuff. Oh, yeah. I definitely yeah, feel like greed, greed comes last. Because they're yeah. like, because oh, I don't know what you're spending money on. Everything's miserable. Not on my fucking watch. Okay, I have a question. What is the even currency of the Imperium? They don't even tell you. I'm blood. assuming these credits. guys are go fucking paid. They just say credits. There's a script. It's just credits. Skulls. Yeah. They just say credits. credits. You don't, they don't even have Skulls like a Skulls is actually probably a pretty safe bet you for assuming the value of something. Yes. Well, the more skulls on it, the more important it is. It's like a weird like barter system with like... But also, like, what can you do for me? Therefore, I'll do for you. No, so the thing. rest of, of my life, life being a tradesman. Just don't Basically, shoot me. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of have an idea of what the universe, at least the Warhammer universe, is all about. Yes. Um, what have we mentioned on the show so far that you've been like, I, I, you guys still haven't explained what the fuck this is? All of it? Okay, fair. <laughs> that's fair. All right. I'm going to need you to pare that down just a little bit more, though, so we have yeah. something to go on. So... The last time I was down here in Texas, you sent me home with the first book. Of the Horus Heresy. Correct. Yes. Horus Rising. Yes. Yeah. So my thing is, is I got, I'm about halfway through it because work for me has been crazy. 
and I don't understand what's going on between the fake emperor and the real emperor, and oh, I have no fucking really idea what's confusing. going on. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so in my defense, not knowing anything that about it, I'm was like, a I lot of people. I kind of were... understand like we're gonna kill. And, this and it imposter. was confusing because there's there's more that happens after that. So after, so let's see if we can clarify some of that. So the first book in the hor- the first line in the first I book there of the, the horse flew the emperor. Right. So <laughs> our our we have a our producer plays the sons of Horus. So she's very pro Horus. Yeah. She's a big fan. Now we can't go spoilers and I know you want to so bad, but we can't. Okay. We just, we can't yet. Oh my God. How far are you in the, the I have two hours left. So (sighs) we're, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. He's got to be farther than I am. Oh, he's Um, much farther than I'm almost there. Oh yeah. Yeah, No, I'm post, I'm post translation. I'm post. Yeah. I post the century in the desert. So what we're like talking I'm, about for people who don't know is there is the, is the very first book, the very first line of the very first book of a, with this book and which is part one and part two will be a 67 novel series to cover this series. The very first line is I was there that I was there the day the Horus slew the emperor. Mm-hmm. Now in Still that instance, he is not talking about, the emperor of mankind. He's talking about the imposter that they found. Right. From on what I gather from world. the book. Yeah. On this yes. single world. And the reason, what he's, he's talking about world. is, <laughs> it, it comes back to pre the imperium of man, Earth, before it was called Terra, figured out space travel, and we put a bunch of people on fucking space boats, and we sent them out into the space universe. Space pirates. The galaxy. No, more is like, uh, not so much like space pirates, more of like... Colonizers. Con- colonizers. Like yeah. people like, like it was like the new world. With like our, t- almost with the... T- t- like, yeah, like the I feel like at that point, because I'm going to assume that, I'm sure religion isn't really a thing, but they would be more like missionaries, wouldn't they? Kind of missionaries, but also, but also it's just like, hey, we're going on this boat and the earth is so packed in with all these people. Right. Like, hey, if you go on this boat and you can go to this brand new world and you can start your own life... It was more. It was more. It was more manifest destiny in early America than it was missionary. It was more. We're crowded and need more space. So just go take more space. So we put people on boats and we send them out there. So they go out and for a while we were colonizing new planets and the human race was expanding and we were taking over more space. And then we hit this era called. So basically, what Elon Musk wants to do right now. Right. Yeah. Okay. But then, but we not this, in our solar system, like in a galactic, in a galactic okay. sense. So, because we figured out how to travel farther distances, and people could still get there alive, and da da da. Faster than light travel, yeah, yeah. So, but what you end up with is what's also known as the Age of Strife, or a, and and then the Age of Darkness, and da 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 da. But during the Age of Strife, we lost contact with everybody. So it's essentially we sent everybody out there, and then we lost contact. Okay. Well, when you lose contact, that means centralized government no longer works. So people become self-governing. So you have these new... So some people just were like, nope, we are from, we are from Terra. We are from Earth. We are going to hold on to what they said, and I'm just going to reinforce... We will make contact again. And for lack of a better way of saying it, they essentially kept the faith of... Okay. We're going to do it the way Earth said we should do it because eventually this will get fixed. Mm. Now, we're talking about thousands of years that some places kept well, yeah. the faith. Well, because yeah. you explained to me that the 40K universe is the 40,000th year of... It, it, so it's yeah. what's known as M41. So it's the 41st, 41st millennium. Yeah. yeah. So when we start to go to seed the universe, it's like M7. Okay. 
Okay, so yeah, we lose contact. And then your book that you're reading is in, is set in M30. Yep. Yeah. So it's the year thirty thousand. So you're talking about several, you know, tens, twenties, millennia. Of yeah. So some of these planets twenty one thousand years is a long fucking time. Yeah. So some of these planets set up their own government. And these people declared themselves emperors because they took over systems. Okay. So it wasn't just a planet, it was like multiple planets. And so, but one dude was like, I'm the biggest dick here. So they get to be that thing. So when the Imperium went on what is called the Grand Crusade or the Great Crusade, it was to reunify the Imperium of Man. So all of these planets that we lost contact with, we were going to go find them all again. And bring everybody back together. <coughs> Into compliance. Into compliance. Into what's known as, what he just said, compliance. Which, if that doesn't sound some fascist shit, I don't Are, know what does. Oh, the Imperium is fascist shit. So in that, so, I go back to like what George Carlin said when George Carlin had the whole thing about religion. Do you believe in God? No. Dead. Right. Do you believe so, in God? Yes. Do you kind of the way. God? So, my, my God? No. So, God, yeah. Compliance was quite literally, you're either going to do it the imperial way, or we just kill everybody here. Yeah, they just they, they basically park a ginormous warship above your planet and be like, we're back. They so I don't give you a chance. A yeah. I see that as a, yeah, I'll win a little yeah, bit and of and now you got to pay the price. Now you yeah, get a chance. No, you get like, a they're going to show up, and they're going to send people down and be like, hey, this is how the Imperium does things. We're from Terra. We're back. And you're from Terra. Like, you started with us. Mm-hmm. So And we're back. We're going to bring you back into the fold. How do you feel about that? Well, I would imagine anybody with, at that point, what, 21,000 years of doing it their own way is going to sure. be like, go fuck yourself. Now, a lot of planets didn't. A lot of planets were like, holy crap, we're glad you found us. Like, absolutely. They've been dealing with all kinds of xenos yeah. infestations. But the other thing the Empire does, too, is basically it's like, not a lot's really going to change. Some dudes are going to come down. They're going to do some stuff. We're going to take a tax. You're going to have to raise armies. But other than that, shit really, and, and whoever's running your country, running your world, they're going to be a governor instead of emperor or king, but you're still going to be in charge. But for the most okay. part, your culture is not going to change. Yeah. The way you do business yeah, is going to change or whatever. But you're you're going to you're you're you going to pay tax. You get a tithe. And the real the tithe or the tax was mostly in personnel. Yeah, it's not really a money thing. It was a but we need bodies and we need bodies because we're going to take those bodies yeah. and they're going to go to the next planet and we're going to see whether or not they're well, going to replenish the ranks. But then, but then right. you also, but you also have to realize that a lot of these planets that were left by themselves, it wasn't a good situation because we don't, it's not, we're not the only ones out there. Yeah. There's a bunch of aliens. There's a bunch of everything that wants to kill us. And so there's, these guys are fighting on their own. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have this like ship comes up, up above you with super soldiers. Be like, no, no, we got you. We have your back now. And you're just like fucking cool. Let's it's, do this. It's almost the, the protection money thing. Yeah, like an organized crime areas where they're like, okay. hey, as long as you're paying, we're going to make sure nobody else fucks with you. We're going to be the only ones that are allowed to fuck with you. Yeah. Okay. But you only have to worry about us. So New we York will take care of everybody else. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So in that instance, they come across a system where there is this guy that's propped himself up as emperor. And it's how it's run at this point for like thousands of years. And the sons of Horus, who is the first found... So on and so forth, which is weird because it's the first found, but the 16th Legion, like it's a, it's a weird. That's another thing that confuses me because you and I had the conversation leaving here one night about all the legions. So there's, there's 20 legions, two of which have been scrubbed from history. Yeah. The reason that Horus was first found, but was given the 16th Legion is that's the legion that was designed for him. 
Okay. Based so, on his DNA. Based on his DNA and his what they knew he would be capable of, he got the 16th Legion. So even though he was found first, because he loses all, the Emperor loses all of his sons. And then part of the crusade is to find his sons again. And he finds Horus first. Okay. So he's the first found, but the 16th Legion. But the first Legion is actually the Dark Angels and belongs to the Lion. Like... So you can't go, he didn't, they didn't name, they didn't number the legions based on how they found the sons. Yeah, mm-hmm. that had nothing to The do. legions were pre, pre-done and then handed to the Primarchs, their sons, Okay. as they were found. And the 16th legion was designed for Horus, even though they found him first. So you yeah, can't really do that, but. Think of it more of like uh, Roman legions. You know, okay. even though there's like it's just a, a unit designator. Yeah, it's it's a not a there. It's not in a and it's not in a number of priority. It's just a. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like we got around to it. This is your legion, and it's just he was the one. As that they, they were designing, he was the one that they found first. But that doesn't matter because the legion they designed for him was was the sixteenth that was okay. conceptualized. So it's not a it's not a ranking structure. It's just they had to wear numbers. Yeah. So they had to call him something. That's okay. what it was. Um, so they find him. The Emperor finds Horus first. And for 30 years, it was just Horus and the Emperor. Those were the only two. Buddy copping it up. Just <laughs> chill it. Yeah, straight buddy cop movie, right? <laughs> and they're out bringing things into compliance. Okay. And he is the first among the sons. He's the greatest. He's as good as it gets until you maybe you get into the Sanguinius conversation, which is yeah. arguably the favorite. But Horus was the one that most embodied what the emperor was trying to do. Okay. So in that story that you're reading with the whole, I was there the day Horus slew the emperor, they come across this system. And at this point, Horus has brought more systems into compliance, brought them back into the fold than anybody else. And they come across this system that is very strong, Mm -hmm. very independent, could very much had been left alone, would have continued to thrive. But that's not what an empire does. You don't get to, you don't pass by and go like, you're kind of killing it, son. So we're just going to let you do your thing. I'm going to give you a high five and a slap on the ass as I walk by. It's not how that fucking works, right? (laughs) Like it's, so, uh, most of the time, the Primarchs don't ever get involved with compliance. They don't need to. It's such a small job to bring a planet back into line that you don't need these demigods to go handle it. So anytime that a Primarch has to get involved to go solve it, it's a bigger problem. Yeah, okay. shit went sideways. So yeah. most of the time they can send like a captain from the the Space Marines, and the, that captain can go bring a planet back into alignment. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Okay. So in the book you're reading, this is one of those, this, this population had... Th- it, was thriving so much that, that they it was were enough to they were legitimately a challenge the, yeah. to where okay, now yeah. this this Primarch Horus had to get involved to go solve this thing. So he goes down and he solves it and he kills this emperor. And the reason that's such a big turning point in the story is there are other paintings and poems and songs and stuff that are written about accomplishments but this one's not included and it starts to turn into the whole the fuck i was awesome and you didn't tell me i was awesome and he gets all daddy issued about it Mm -hmm. that's why that line is so important okay is that it's 
the people that saw it declare how important it is, but the empire doesn't. And a lot of that is, I don't know what you want me to do. Give you a gold star for doing your fucking job. Yeah. And so there's yeah, that, like, there's not a lot of you want a participation also, trophy like what the I, fuck? I literally made you to go do this yeah. and yeah. now you've done that and you want me to you tell you that you now. did your fucking job. Fuck yeah. 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 In the immortal words of Don Draper, that's what the money's for. Yeah, right. <laughs> and this dude like gets the best of everything and is the first and gets named War Master. It gets prioritized and is ri- it, it literally is elevated above all of his brothers who were all created equal, and it's like. Look, you were only now second to me, and this still this dude still butt hurt because this one fucking battle he didn't get his fucking dick stroked over it, and that's what starts the whole yeah. civil war. Definitely daddy issues. It, it's straight up just daddy issues. Yep. Well, to be fair, Emperor's not the greatest dad ever, too. You know, <laughs> you're not also, wrong. He's kind uh, of a and all of his sons father. have issues. Even your boy fucking has daddy issues. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I feel like that's just like he probably feels he doesn't get used enough, but he's like, I, I well, he was only made for one thing. I, I know. He so and that's that everybody, thing. everybody would get out of line here and there, yeah. not all at once. Yeah, that was a problem. That's why we have right. what we have. Maybe once here, once in a while, every, maybe hundred years. And that's now. the other thing you have to understand yeah. is that Horace and all of his brothers were made for particular reasons. Yeah, they okay. were all designed to solve particular problems. So Horus was literally designed to be the second to the emperor. He was meant to be this charismatic yeah, leader leader, and was designed to be imperfect because his imperfection allowed those that follow him to relate. Because if, if you make something perfect, you can't relate to it. You, can't, yeah. you don't understand what they are. Horus was made to be imperfect. But that imperfection is what led to his downfall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it allowed it allowed chaos to, uh, right. to get into him. So that's why that line that mm-hmm. I was there the day Horace slew the Emperor is so important. It's also a little foreshadowing. It's a little foreshadowing. And we've talked about the fact that there is a fight between Horace and the Emperor, and Horace dies and the Emperor kind of I guess wins. Well, like, we're about to find out. Um, so but, the other uh, thing we're talking about anyways, is like, on that story, big Jim, do you think I missed anything, anything that's important that would make the universe more understandable to somebody like TJ? No, I just, you've just, it, it, what they've done though, is they've taken everything that's ever happened to us, you know, this, all this, this all existed and the earth, you know, like you said, went, went, uh, everybody's out there. And then now we're in the 30th millennium and the 40th millennium, depending on where you're reading or whatever. And you've got all it, but it because of everything that's happened prior to, it, it's a very depressing universe. Yeah, and, and like it says in the far future, there's only war. It is a dark place in the grim dark future. Yeah. There's only war. There is, yeah. only and that's war. all there is. And the other thing too, it's like technology's breaking down. So yeah, we have space travel, but the ships aren't. They're not f- slick, uh, you know. Star Trek friggin' things. They're kind of these big battleships in space. Uh, the technology's not great. I mean... No. It, and everything's about the show. Short. Yeah. Like, that's one thing you have to understand about the universe. So, to me, what Jim just said, that equates to me as, like, Chronicles of Riddick. Not aggressively okay, yes. advanced okay. technology, so but they can still the, get the What are they called in the, chron- in, the, in the Riddick uh, universe? Necromongers. The, the Necromongers. Necromongers, yeah. The, okay, so that whole... That those ridiculous ships that they have yes. that are more... 
cathedral than they are absolutely that is that is the imperium of man okay yeah yeah so that that story took a lot from what this is okay that whole concept of i don't need to build a fortress on your planet when i literally flew a fortress to your planet so yeah in in this universe the imperium is flying cathedrals around and i don't mean that in the allegorical sense i mean quite literally it looks like the, they look like castles or fortresses or cathedrals built have had ship. engines okay, attached yeah. to them and they're flying them through some space. of them are i mean like the, some of them the, quite the, the, the rock is the yeah. rock is uh most of the blood angel stuff yeah. is like incredibly like take notre dame mm-hmm. like the notre dame we know yeah. make it the size of manhattan and then make it be able to travel space through space yeah and then put it on a barge like that's that's the kind of and the whole concept is so that when we show up it's a my god the power that they just jesus moment for anybody it's all just an exhibition of power so like back to chronicles of riddick it's they see what happens and it's they bow right yeah, and that's the same idea. Yeah. You don't. Okay. That that's what putting a, a plan into compliance is. Like you do an incredible show of force. You know these giant godlike creatures come down all in lockstep that are you know twice as tall as you, and they're like, hey, you wanna wanna hang out or you wanna I fight? Mean, the chronicles. And then you're just gonna sit there and yeah, be like, well, I yeah, think, everybody's I think it's, uh, gonna be like. And the chronicles of Riddick. We can thing, hang out. We can hang out. That yeah. comparison is actually fantastic because there's gonna be a lot of our people that have seen that and never been a part of this universe. Yeah. And the chronicles of Riddick thing. With that whole the Necromunda's moving through on that crusade that they're on of you're trying gonna f- to find the underverse and but they're gonna you're gonna come to faith mm-hmm. like it's yeah, a it's, it's just a it's just it is the, what it is planets have two options you either come to faith or you, or you get destroyed yeah. yeah it's exactly the same thing it's a, okay it's a lot of like sticking carrot kind and, of stuff and yeah. so but that show that they do the insane armor the exhibition of power and the fact that the one that leads them is the most powerful. That's very much how the Imperium works. Okay. It is the greatest warrior is always in charge. If you want to get promoted, it is not time and rank. It is very yeah. much the you've got to be the most out well, of same with Chronicles. You out of keep what you kill. Out of ten thousand yeah. badasses, you've got to be the most badass of okay. badasses to even go up a single rank. Not you're in charge. It's just oh well now you get to be a the sergeant, sergeant. Yeah. because the thousand motherfuckers that you've been partying with, they're all some of the most lethal sons of bitches on the planet. You're just a little bit more lethal. Yeah. But then also with Chronicles Riddick, those guys are still men. Space Marines are not men. Well, yeah, because the only one that's not technically a man is the... Is the leader. But like even Space Marines, they're... You know, they're seven and a half foot, eight foot tall, genetically modified humans. Yeah, they're two and a half... In the books, they're two and a half meters. Yeah. Which is like... A meter's 3.3 feet. So that's six point six feet. So it's eight and a half feet. So eight and a half feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like Jim, if he was tall. Yeah. I'm not tall. I'm already terrified. Yeah. No. I'm like they're they're, they're a horrifying thing to walk in. The fucking just... packs are the size of my head. Well, well, and that's the thing, right? Is that like even with a space marine, and you're talking yeah. about a space marine out of armor is yeah. supposed to be one of those intimidating things you've ever seen. Then you got a Primarch on top of that, and they're all built differently, too. And like he was saying, that that's the other thing to kind of go into. So every every Primarch does a different thing. You've got a special ops guy, the Corax. Like, they kind of do kind of special operations. Yeah, stuff. and they're designed for you got a guy who builds stuff. you got a guy who can lay siege to stuff. Well, yeah, you're you not going to build a guy to do psyops. A cybernetic... you going to build a guy to do you got a cybernetics guy-ish. Right. 
So you have, it, it's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. They're all designed for specific things. Yeah. You have the guy that's the perfect strategist. You have the guy that is the psyop guy. Or the logistician. You have the logistician. Yeah. You have the strategist. Mm -hmm. You have the leader who literally is just designed to inspire men. Um, which you've got and, the emo that's, guy, but that's Horace. Actually, Horace a couple of emo guys. Say, I'll, be, I'll be the emo guy. Okay. There's a couple of Cruise emo guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of Dashboard professional um, fans. You have. Hey, hey yeah. how dare you? I'm, I'm just saying. If, are you screaming infidelity, sir? Screaming oh. infidelity. <laughs> Jesus. I was gonna say God, he's more of a hands down. TJ's thinking about his first makeout session right now. Curse is more like like Morrissey. He thought it was He thought it was a goth chick, but it turned out to be a fat chick in a hoodie. That, uh, that isn't that will like happen. the same thing that nowadays? That will happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but then you have the you have the makers, the ones that are designed to craft new weapons. Mm -hmm. Oh, that it, sounds fun. But there's a split yeah. actually between the ones that are designed to craft siege weapons and the ones that are designed to craft like carry weapons. Well, it's like when I watched you last time I was here play Necromunda. That's a totally different so I, animal. So I understand that, but yeah. I'm like going to that genre of weapon. Our producer was playing with a dude that had a fucking skill saw on a four foot chain. Yeah, so that was like, that's yes. gangster. That's Necromunda the kind of shit I want to go to my shop so and build in real now, life. Now, Necromunda, and I'm glad you're bringing all this up because it's, it's all in the same yeah. universe. That's all yeah. the 40K universe. So, Necromunda is when you're dealing with the underbelly of that 40K world. Okay. So, we're talking about the creme de la creme. Yeah. So, like, one in a billion get to be space marines. Okay. And you'll have that one in a billion space marines. If they make an entire legion, they all answer to one dude who was designed by the emperor. And that's the Primarch. That's, so Primarch is in charge of a legion. And then the Primarchs answer to no one but their daddy, who's the, the emperor. emperor. Yeah. So, so they're all... And even so what makes Horus different with the rank of Warmaster? He was a rank that was... That the, the Literally, at that point, the emperor, who is the most powerful being in the galaxy... And by being, I mean mortal being, and mortal is even yeah. a rough word because he's, he's a perpetual. In the mortal plane. In the, in the physical universe that we know, he's the most powerful being there is. Okay. There's the immaterial, which is the warp, the hell. It's heaven and hell. Yeah. It's everything that's beyond the material plane. He is as strong as it gets. Okay. He made 20 sons. Those are the Primarchs. And they're more powerful than it. They're demigods. So if... If the emperor is God, they are the Hercules. Archangels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, yeah archangels. Yeah. Whatever. You, there's any number of other fantasies that we could get into. That, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I don't believe in any of that shit, but I have read the Bible. So. <laughs> the Bible? Because even God knew that you didn't well, at fight the same intolerance time, with fucking... Yeah, whatever you want to do, right? Passion. So you can go... Yeah. If, if, if the emperor is Odin, Horus is Thor. Okay. It, like, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. that yeah. level of... I but mean, that, that's, a, that's with all mythologies. It, it, you can yeah. pick any mythology, you're going to have that breakout, right? But Horus was chosen by the emperor to be risen above even his peers. Okay. So he becomes that. But the Necromunda, what you're getting is the underbelly. That's the, we don't so give a fuck what's us. going on at the galactic <laughs> level. This is, on my square block, I just need to worry about whether or not I'm going to fucking survive. Yeah. Okay. And in How am I eating tomorrow? So Necromunda yeah. gets into the, the micro level if you're dealing with the legions and everything at their macro level. Yeah. Um, on the planet Necromunda, those gangs that are running around trying to just make sure they get food and a little bit of credits, 
they don't give a fuck what's going on as far as the galactic conflict. Well, yeah, the only reason concerned. I brought that up is you were talking about the weapons maker, and I'm like, dude, a skill saw that's always on on a four foot chain. Sure, I want to build that in real life in my shop and but see if it works. When we're talking about Primarchs as a weapons maker, we're talking about weapons that can literally like crack the skin of the earth. Like it's a that different way more scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's a- for our Marvel fans out there. If we're talking about something that, say, Vulcan would make or the hammer he even carries, you're talking about Mjolnir in the hands of Thor. Okay. As opposed to me with a a skill saw. Like, that's that's, that's the difference in power we're talking about here. It's just all power levels, yeah. Yeah. And those guys, so that's the whole whole space marine thing. There's military units, naval units, which is, you know, space, navy stuff. And then you've got army units, so you've got infantry, which make the bulk of the, you know, uh, these armies, these compliance crusades. They use conventional forces as well. So it's not just space marines, but uh, in the 30K universe, with the, it's a lot of the combat is space marine heavy because they're broken up into legions and there's plenty of them. But they still have infantry units and armory units and there's tanks and there's aircraft and there's all kinds of shit so they have all that stuff as well because we're i mean they're fighting you know space elves and orcs and what's wild is everything he just brought up the tanks and the aircraft and all the stuff that compared to what we have now are just beyond powerful yeah they are considered like consumable Mm -hmm. like they're just they're not sleek though. They're not. They're, they're no. It, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, it's, everything. Everything is about function. It's very Tonka style. Yeah. It's yeah. very just big, kind of gonky. Nothing's aerodynamic. Well, I, don't, nothing. I don't see an issue with that. Like yeah. as long as it gets the job done. Okay. Gives a shit, what it looks so like. So in this universe, right? You have things like the Lehman Rust tank, <clears throat> right? So in our current timeline, the most effective and powerful main battle line tank that you can get is the M1. It's the Abrams. That's as good as it gets. Whatever iteration we're at now on the, the M1. A3, Tusker 3. There you go. Yeah. Duh. Because I'm, ta- I'm a tanker. <laughs> he literally drove them. Yeah. No, so yeah. I run on the top. He gets mad when I, I say that. But, fucking tank. but anyway, yes. Anyway. <laughs> he got to wear the cool strappy boots. I didn't wear the, the fucking strappy boots. boots. Ooh. I don't right. know. There's a strap on your boots right These now. These are different boots. <laughs> Is that actually a it's thing? because do, once you start wearing the strappy boots, boots yeah, you so never stop wearing the strappy boots. <laughs> so your what? Your shoelaces don't burn and melt. So what you can are shoelaces? So it, literally, the that. reason that tankers are allowed to wear the strap, so the, the strap combat boots, yeah. huh? is the way it was explained to me was, if a fire happens, the deck of your tank will heat up to where your soles will melt oh. to the tank. Uh-uh. And if so you now you're stuck, and if you, you have shoelace, you have to untie the boot, or you can pop the strap Straps. and just pull your foot out of the boot and get out. So if unless you were literally tank qualified, you cannot wear the strappy boots. That's fancy. And and, and it's all application. I wear jungle boots. But then it it becomes a game. point of pride yes. essentially for tankers People, to you be able get, to like wear in Europe. Boots. Like if you serve in yeah, Germany, you'd get them made, and you'd look like you're fucking in the Wehrmacht because they'd be like this high and they'd have straps, and you knew the guys. And you're like, okay, well, even when we went to the deserts, their fucking Heinz Gadaren. Even when we went to the, <laughs> but even when we went to the deserts, all yeah. the tankers had the strap boots, mm, and so you'd run into some guy. Like I was in the psyop world, and mm. these guys would show up in tanker boots, and it's like, you better fucking show me where you're driving a tank, or you're gonna take those fucking, fucking boots off. off yeah. yeah, and it's a, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you're about if part of the cav, or if you went and you did the tail of the dragon out in 
Korea and you got the belt buckle and mm-hmm. like there are things where you qualify and you can change the uniform and if you didn't then fuck off like you don't I don't care that you could go down to the local army surplus and buy them you don't rate them yeah yeah so Spurs Spurs if you're Cav belts. like the, the Stetson yeah. like there's there's things that you can do if you rate them but, but you, you should wear those things in like a social setting where you're doing that stuff it's guys wanted to wear that stuff now I was like hey if we're gonna get Stetsons I want to wear in a combat though. Like yeah. everybody's wearing in a combat. Cause if I can't wear in a combat, it's gay as hell every place else. Cause I, yeah. this isn't a horse. It's a fucking tank. Right. Yeah. So I got a, I got a strong feeling about that fucking Stetson and I, well, with a cute little like gold fucking. Yeah, and I'm her. a tanker man. And I was in cav units. Like, but no, I get it. Like if you can qualify for the parade ready stuff, yeah. cool. But if it's just garrison stuff, just put the fucking uniform on. You don't need to look special. Yeah, yeah. Like just do your thing. No, but everybody's special. But the That's thing the is, world we live in. But the reason I bring that up is that if you look at the stats on what was considered to essentially be a consumable tank, if you lost it, who cares? Like the Lehman Russ, yeah, yeah. makes the M1 look like a joke. And like and the yeah. Lehman Russ, the looks, level of power, the was way they just look, bonkers. they look like yeah, it was just stupid. So it'd World be like a War One versus like a hundred tanks with turrets howitzer. everywhere and shit. It's, it's like a fifty cal looking. versus that twenty two your dad taught you to shoot on. Yeah, yeah. So they're super powerful, multiple guns, multiple turrets. Crews are like ten or fifteen. Bane blades. I don't know how big a Bane blade crew is, but they're like you know you got like twenty dudes rocking around. Bane blades are like tiny little block parties like bane blades compared to lehman russ's are that's like saying like the gilligan's island boat is the same thing to a destroyer so like, like, bane blades are crazy so like a 50 yeah. cal on a zodiac versus a whole you know so i don't know how familiar you are with destroyer. current naval combat but it would be like comparing a a, a cody a, a zodiac versus like the, the new the z level new destroyers okay yeah, the stealth destroyers. <laughs> yeah. Bane blades are crazy. Yeah, they're, they're stupid. Like, I'm talking. Lehman Russ is just can. That's the deployable. We got a bajillion. Yeah, yeah you break it, whatever. And you'll, and you'll see hundreds and hundreds and thousands of these tanks just rolling. Yeah, there's down. there's combat situations where they deploy ten thousand Lehman Russes. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So just we don't even own out. that many M1s. They don't even like, care if they ever. Come. I mean, they don't. They don't. Pick and if they don't come back, they don't who even cares? count them. We'll just make. Like, All right, we have some more. Yeah. Like they are, they are quite literally just the equivalent to giving you like, here's your M16. That's the equivalent to a. That's combat, and especially in the 41st millennium. Yeah, they run these these massive crusades where they're trying to limit, you know, uh, you know, uh, free whole sections of space or whatever. Nobody's really ever paying attention to it. Like nobody's nobody on Earth. Earth, they're like, oh yeah, how's the friggin' you know Sabbath World's crusade going? Yeah, it's, it's going okay. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, Our producer's giving me hand signals. I think I'm supposed to steal third. I don't really know what the <laughs> hand signals I'm getting Calm right down now. Calm down there, meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, think so, I think it's a drag month. Um, but I'm glad you're bringing some of this stuff up because yeah. I maybe we haven't explained the scale right of, of what this world what is. this world yeah. is dealing with. Well, and I have no problem owning up to my ignorance. Like, I know nothing about right, it. But we, we have a lot of people that are, I think, are entertained by what we say, but don't understand necessarily understand the scale of what we're dealing with. And, and I've never, I've never been the person to knock what you guys do. I've always seen it as interesting. Like I understand the level of commitment it takes to sit there at home and put together your armies well, the and game them stuff. Yes. And yeah. Play the game stuff and know the lore. Yeah. The it's way almost you, a different thing. Someday, the lore, the way you guys do is just, well, it, it would be the same thing as you and I sitting down and me talking to you about welding. 
Right. right. You guys are into and that. And everything shit. has the or subject matter expertise. Like and then exactly. But our ex- talking about that. But the funny thing is about our hobby on a couple of levels, whether it's the 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 other game systems we talk about or the or or Warhammer or whatever. Well, I feel like it's aggressively is, relatable to anybody that's passionate about anything. Yeah. It is, but yeah. it, it's also it operates in scale. So like Big Jim is big into the lore. Yeah. But he doesn't play. I'm big into the lore and I play. Same with Beer Jim. Mm. Like we we love the lore and we play the game. So it starts turning into you have to be passionate about the lore and then passionate about the game. Now I have a lot of people that play the game have never read the. Oh, uh, they have no idea. It's they, kind of, yeah. which is weird never to me read the lore. Which is yeah, that's always uh, it's always been a weird thing. I'm like the way I've always described it is 40 or Warhammer. You can enjoy in three ways. You can enjoy by the lore. You can enjoy by the gameplay, or you can also enjoy by an artistic point standpoint. Okay. Of like, you know, hey, I really like making models and painting these. Yeah, so there's definitely... Like, they're they're not going to use this thing. I'm just going to put it up on the thing, makers. and that's cool. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Those things are... Well, we don't have enough. I think the respect I have for the model makers comes from... I used to build, like, the Ravel model cars yeah. when I was a kid oh, yeah. with my father. Yeah. yeah, Like the level threes and shit, where you're sitting there and you're painting spark plugs. Yeah. yeah. Right. But and to me, it's still a... It's a car. It's not a two-and-a-half-inch tall model that you yeah. guys are... Right, but in, and that's when you have to take that 10,000-foot view of it is a miniaturized version of something I'm passionate about. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the lore is what got me into Warhammer. It was okay. not the me gameplay yeah. that got me into the game. Well, and I think that's why you sent me home with the first book. Right. It was a, it, Well, for that, it was we had talked about the other types of books you've read, the fact that you like sci-fi, but you, and, you, and you also like some of the even just the modern warfare level books and stuff, the stories that come with that. And it's like, yeah. look, this is a blending of those two. The The guys that write this, they do the homework. They're basing all of this on warfare that we already know. The legions are based on a different period of history, and that's how they built the legions. Well, in more than one episode, you've brought up how, what, uh, Dan Abnett? Yeah. 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 How well He's the he man. writes all yeah. of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, and ah, yeah, just a really good I listen run. to your show. You do indeed. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> but, Look at you. And so, star. and that's the thing is that you can you can be into the lore, you can be into the hobby, you can be into both, or you can just be into the game. And the hobby piece is another big of it. But it's it turns into that whole. Uh, you have the guys like I don't know how you get to that miniature gaming, but you talk to them and it's like, okay, but you have all of these historical books and you have these, all these prints or models of all these historical vehicles yeah. and whatever it's we like, just do something with them there's no difference yeah, yeah. there's no it's, difference it's just those of us that play yeah sure it's it's farscape like you're you're looking down the line yeah. of where warfare would go i'm still building those models the difference is instead of sticking me in a shelf and they collect dust you're coming to a place i'm like actively this engaged them. with yeah. my that that lore I and mean, that's what got me on on the game that, i mean that's yeah. why some of the world war ii games now are cool with the models and stuff because you can so get that like was bolt actually one of the first thing like i noticed that. in the store was the world war ii stuff that you have in the yeah shelf. so i carry a system on the shelf and we carry quite a bit of it called bolt action yes and bolt action is actually it's completely based on world war ii um and it's every theater it's the pacific theater it's the european theater it's every faction that could have been involved i would love to talk have us have, a, have a, um, an episode about that yeah, I'd love to talk yeah. about it because um, I so I play British the British Eighth okay. in uh, Bolt Action, which is also known as the Desert Rats. Look, look at Jim staring at me, going, "Say something wrong, motherfucker!" I'm gonna <laughs> fucking pounce all over you. It's fat. Well, well you mean, went into smoke um, meats after thirty, and he yeah. went into um, military. So history. I play the, I play the British Eighth. Now I play true British Eighth. I don't play any of the. Uh, so the British Eighth is the larger 
portion <coughs> of it, and then there's a bunch of add-on units. So there are um, kind of the Australian, New Zealand add-ons that can come into it. Otherwise known as the Anzacs. There you go. See, <laughs> um, it's going to be there. Now I play. I play. I play British eighth. British. So I so play British, the actual yeah. Brits. Yeah. Um, which was the larger portion of what fought during what is nicknamed as the Gentleman's War, um, which was Northern Africa between the Germans and the Brits. Yep. Um, there are several other things that get added on too, but I actually played the Brits in that, which is a lot of anti-tank and artillery play. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shorts. And uh, it's, it's dudes in shorts. It's shorts and, and shorts. Yeah. Well, look, you got to be hard like fucking woodpecker lips to go fight a fucking global war in nothing but wool slock, wool socks and fucking hoochie man shorts. Like you got to be a bad motherfucker. The only, thing that may, the only that people war. that are harder than that with like the Rhodesian cell scouts run around the jungles in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all set. So yeah. you got to be a bad dude. And um, I mean, so, I don't know about you guys, but like yeah, aggressive I'm, malaria, mosquito bites on my nuts. I'm all set. Yeah. Well, well that, look, that's, it's so, that, it's so hot in the goddamn Sahara like that there's no mosquitoes anyways. It's just sand and bullshit. It's like sucks and you're in shorts. Yep. Yeah. Just imagine getting tagged by a scorpion in your ball bag. It's too hot for that, too. Yeah. Like they just it's just yeah. not fucking there. There's nothing there. So was it Churchill that said that? The Sahara is the way it is because the sun has decided to scorch all history from that part of the world. Sounds like a Churchillian. Yeah. Like, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, like that's how bad it is. Sounds there. like good old Winston. Um, yeah. And so, but that's another one where it, it starts turning into you. You have a passion for a piece of history, and now you can go and kind of experience it via your hobby. Yeah. And so the gameplay and all of that allows me to kind of go like these were some bad dudes and now I have a scale model of it. And it's like, look, would we all love to own a Roadrunner? Sure. Well, prime example. Can you own a Roadrunner? If you bought me all the plastic pieces. You can buy the little plastic model of a Roadrunner so you can look at it. If you bought me all the plastic pieces to build a 1959 FLH panhead, how much passion do you think I would put into making right. it look exactly like it? But if I told you, hey, if you want to experience it, you've got to go buy a 59 panhead. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to the bank and get a $25,000 fucking loan. For cash, right. But yeah. Or you can just build the mini, and that's what it comes down yeah. to. And so that's what a lot of this hobby and the story and is. And then you get Jim, who just buys a Hummer. Wow. And does It was an evolution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but in my opinion, it's no, it's no different, right? So a lot of us got into the lore... Um, Jim's always been into the lore. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, and Grotech and Felix was my first books, and then from there, I got into the 40k stuff. And I don't even, I think I got into 40k when they did the art books for the Horus Heresy before the Horus Heresy came right? out. Right before before it was as fleshed out as it is. Fleshed yeah. out. Yeah. They were fucking cool. So they had a lot of the stuff, and then you could see where that stuff made it into that. Like they were calling things, but I was like, even reading that, I'm like, they're making this up just for the art books. Like they hadn't had they hadn't had an idea yet of what this was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, so, and it, and yeah. so and the art is beautiful. But yeah. the reason that it's cool that you brought up like bolt action or those other gamings, right, is that like people get into World War II history. Yeah, yeah. this gives them an exper- a, a chance through the gaming to get closer to it via the fact that they're a fan of it. Yeah. A lot of us that got into the lore with 40k, and the reason I gave you that book, and the reason that we're so into the story, 
is that story derives the why we game. Mm -hmm. It's not just the competition. I like seeing the story unfold in new ways because I like it. And that's why people get into World War II gaming. No, the game is not going to go exactly how history dictates because otherwise, why play? You know how that battle went. But you get to experience it in a new way. So whether or not you're dealing with a fictional universe and you know, 20, what, 38,000 years from now, and that's how it plays out, or a battle that happened 70 years ago. Yeah. The it's gameplay the yeah. is, it's, that's why we get into the hobby, is I really like the story. This lets me get a little taste of what it would be like to kind of be a part of that story. And that's why the gaming is so important, and that's why the books and all that kind of stuff become such a topic for debate for a well, lot of Well, I feel of like you'd be better at the gaming aspect of it if you knew the lore the way. Not yeah, so it, much, Not so much. Actually. The guys that are really... You're absolutely right. It, yeah. it, the guys that are really competitive can't tell you the story. Yeah, okay. Because it's all about numbers. They're just worried about the math. Those of us that play a lot of the formats that don't require the math, that we just want the story, mm-hmm. I would argue we have a lot more fun with the hobby. Right. Okay. Because it is just about a. Yeah, it's hey, like, well, look, I, you just killed my whoever, but that guy never died. So it's like, all right, who it's cares? Kind of, yeah, you're right? Yeah. Yeah. We're not worried about yeah. it's optimized. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. worried about did I have the experience? experience yeah. Yeah. Did and you enjoy what you were doing? It's yeah, fun so, to see how some of the stuff would have run, you know. Um, bolt action and the, the stuff we sell here, like I, pre- I play British Eighth, but let's say Jim wanted to play bolt action and really got into winter stage Russians yeah. for that game. That game allows my British eight to play his winner Russians. They never would have fought each other. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. it allows it. So it's a it's a way to kind of experience the stories a new way. It's a way to be passionate about something that you love the story of. And that's where the hobby part comes in. It's as, as close as we can get without being part of it. And so it's it's neat that you brought up the the fact that we have like historicals that we sell here too, because it's it's the same thing. The way they have written as large as that story is, the Warhammer universe essentially has a history, and now you get to go bring it to your hobby and be passionate about it. And that's, I think, probably where you'll see some of the healthiest gaming. I'm not a big fan of competitive play. No, I'm not um, My store, we host a shit ton of it. Like, we host four GTs a year and yeah. tournaments monthly and all that kind of stuff. It's for the guys that are about the competitive play. You'll never see me play in it. I don't. I don't frown on those guys that do. They love it. No, but you're more in it for the enjoyment, whereas they're in it. The to rule win. of cool is well, always what I yeah. kind of say. I well, Jazz and I have this conversation all the time. What's the first rule of riding a motorcycle? You got to fucking look cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> but right. my thing is, is I have always viewed the hobby as the great equalizer. The people that I've seen around the tables in my bar, playing this game or playing any of the games. There's so many walks of life standing there. Well, and I've seen it just from being down here since you've opened the store. It's so many different Mm -hmm. people that are sitting around Mm -hmm. those tables that can find a commonality regardless of what the rest of their life does. It's a great equalizer. In the world we're living in right now, we need more of that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, there's so much where it's, I want all these tags on me that divide me from, it makes me from you. And then we find this common ground where all of a sudden we can get passionate about the same thing. Yeah. Well, prime example, I don't know shit about what you guys do, but there you got four of us sitting here from four different walks of life, and we just spent 
what, an hour and ten minutes? Yeah. Having a wonderful conversation about it. Yeah. Which I think is what the producer's trying to tell us. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so, that being said, our producer is telling us that uh, we've wasted enough of your time is where we're at. So, uh... TJ, thanks for hanging out yeah, with us. Thank thanks you. for uh, hearing what we had to say. Uh, hopefully we answered your one question. Yeah. <laughs> and look, dude. I'm going to level with you. I'm way more confused than I, what I, I, I said. Know we, I know we got to wrap this up, and I'm sorry. I, I just hope that you walk away with this understanding that Lehman Russ was fucking right. Ah. God damn it. He got it. He got it in. I got it in. He got it in. All right. Games, drinks, and hijinks is what we're all about here. So go out there, roll some dice, and find blah, somebody blah, blah, to share blah, your blah, fucking blah. passion with. <laughs> Uh, other than that, uh, go check out Second Pitch Beer Company. Please, do. I need money. Uh, <laughs> uh, Battle Pub on all the social medias, battlepub.com. Make sure, yeah, huge give him money so he ensures soon. that he kills whatever bacteria that is so he doesn't make any yeah, more right. of that. <laughs> is that, is that what <laughs> the goal is? Yeah, I just want to make sure you go back to uh, making your good stuff. TJ, what do you got going on? Uh, yeah, what are you doing? TikTok is Bearded Kiwi. Instagram is Bearded Kiwi 91. It's just me being this. There you go. Cool. For the rest of the internet to see. <laughs> just, just exposing yourself on the internet. Oh, yeah, just terrible fucking life choices and Good degenerate jokes. Rock on. Good Other you. than that, uh, go out there, kick ass, take names, and uh, find somebody that you can be a fucking be geeky with. Yeah. So. And we'll see you kids next week. There you go. Next week. Hopefully you guys have read the goddamn books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair warning. Next week we're talking about the end of the death, book one, yeah. whether... You've read it or not, you're just gonna fucking get hammered with it. So yeah, uh, it's really good. It's gonna happen. So uh, yeah. anyways, all right, kids, carry on. Thank you. Boy.